do you think it's possible that in this entire room that we sat next to the loudest uh, group? Do you think that's possible? <laughs> of course, of course. Well, they have red wine too, so I mean. Oh, they, they have red wine. That is just not I fair. I think so. Yeah, they did not share. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston. Persona is out and about today. I tried to get him in on this podcast, but he wasn't available, so I fired him. And I brought, <laughs> brought in a replacement. And, uh, big shoes to fill for me. Big shoes to fill. Uh, and um, today we have uh, someone who has been in storage for almost as long as I have, he said to like 2001, yeah. And uh, he's been in, uh, he's been on the on the what you know what we call the end user side. He's been on the VAR side. He's been on the vendor side, and now he is the principal solution architect for cloud solutions at Pure Storage. Welcome to the podcast, Hi, John thank Owings. You thank you. I'm glad to be here. I am super excited. Uh, you know, we don't. Uh, the podcast is relatively new, uh, five or six months old at this point. And we haven't had a lot of guests so far. So okay. this, this, this a, you're, a, you're in a small but elite Part of group. The, the primer. Yeah, the primer. Yeah, exactly. Until you, you find the good guests. Yeah, no. and yes, <laughs> you're, you're the, you're the warm-up back. Yes. Uh, no, that is not the case. What happened today? So we were at lunch while you were uh, eating wonderful, delicious pizza, and yes. I was trying to eat salad. Yes, you, that were, was, you were being a good boy, I and being, I ate a half a pizza. <laughs> We were at Grimaldi's in, uh, in Palazzo because we are here at AWS reInvent yes. uh, 2019. Uh, both of us are exhibiting sponsors. And uh, I, I heard, out, out, you, you were to my right, and you know, out of my right ear, I, I heard containers. Yes, yes. And you know, I, I heard you mention that you, uh, that you are like the go-to guy at Pure for container-based questions. You said if a customer brings up the container word, that th then you get brought into conversations. That sound about right? About right. Yeah. So I'm, and I have a peer also that I at least get to split part of the country with. But right. Yeah. Right. Other than that, like across North America, I get to talk to anyone says hey, Docker Kubernetes. Right. Uh, I, I appear. Right. Magically. So we we've been one. So I I you know this podcast is all about backup and recovery yeah. and related aspects. Yes. So I see everything through backup and recovery eyes. Yeah. Um, and uh, but before we get there, we haven't really covered Docker and containers at all on um, you know on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm just going to kind of assume that people know generally what you know containers are. Um, you know. I, my best description is that it's it's like a light VM, but that's a, I know that's a bad description. <laughs> One of the big challenges, what what I'm seeing or I'm worried about seeing evidence of, is an increased use of containers with uh, persistent storage. Yes. Because when we start having persistent storage, uh, I the, the B word starts popping up. Of course, right? of course, and, and, that's, and that's why yeah. we care at Pure Storage. Yeah. Is yeah. We provide storage, obviously right. all flash storage arrays, right. flash, um, SAN, NAS, whatever. Uh, but people say, hey, I want to move a database on here. I want to do this. Right. And obviously the next logical progression is how do I back that up? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially when you come from enterprise. Yeah. You know, if you're a cloud startup, 
you may not have the rules in place right. to really have a backup strategy around right, that. Right. And you may not care. Right. Uh, you may have some software that does it, you know, you may write something, but all the enterprise customers I deal with, that's that's one of the questions that always comes up. How do I back up right. this up? Right. And I, it's a good question because I don't know if there's a lot of solutions. <coughs> there. No, I, I, I don't think there are. Uh, well, and it, it starts, I think it's, it's one of these things where it starts with a, a couple of things. So I, I think that there's a reason for that. One is a lot of us that aren't doing containers day to day, we're like, is this really a thing? Like, is this, because you know, you, well, you've been in the vendor space a while. Yes. I've, I've only been in the vendor space for two years, for okay. the record. Okay. I've been in the industry for 25 years. I now say over 25, Okay. right? Okay. I say over 25. I, I got advised uh, by this uh, this older guy. <laughs> he heard me saying my actual number, and he goes, you know, after 25, it sounds really old. <laughs> so so you just say over 25. Yes, for a <clears> long time. Yeah, but I've only been in the vendor space for two years, and what I've seen is, and I saw it from the end user side, and they, they, they don't want to spend money developing something f that isn't going to sell, exactly. right? So yeah. th they need to... They need to lose enough sales <laughs> to something. Exactly, there right? needs to be a TAM for Yeah, there needs after. to be a TAM, absolutely, yes. right? So, so so let's talk about that. Yeah. So you you spend a lot of time talking to enterprise level customers, right? It's not moms and pops that are buying peer storage. These are, you know, big yeah. companies. I'm yeah, not exactly. sure there's some smaller companies, but big companies buy this stuff. There's a huge range, but yeah, yeah. that's in yeah. general. It's the enterprise. <clears throat> um, the, uh, the question is, uh, how much? How many companies do you think? Not yeah. not number, but like a percentage. What what types of companies do this? So, any any company that has a developer on staff, right, right, there, I would say a large portion of them, seventy five percent, have someone that developer saying, "How do I do this in containers?" Right. Um, they may not be saying Kubernetes yet. They may not be saying particularly Docker. You know, they may not have a name, name brand in, in, in mind, but they're yeah. like, I need to containerize this app to make sure it works everywhere. Mm -hmm. And if, and a, most of the time, that's not getting to the infrastructure team at all. Right. They're doing it on their laptop. They're just sending it straight to the cloud. Right. <laughs> right. And so when I come in, it's usually when that's got that request has gotten big enough, or that developer's been found out. And they're like, he's been, he's yeah. been busted. He's been busted. Like, hey, you're using this. How do we provide this service development in, the on your... in the infrastructure that we provide? Yeah. And so that's when I come in and I say, okay, well, what what apps are you running? How can we provide you? A, we we call it pure service orchestrator, but it's basically a con storage as a service for containers. Right. So that developer can then say, I want a hundred gigs. And it's all automated, right? We want that to be automated. It, wants to be, it needs to be just like the cloud. Right. If, if the infrastructure team on-prem can't provide it like you would get from a cloud, mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. Right. Right. So th that's what they're. That's why I get brought in. And that's why I'm here. Right. So the the, the difficulty that the, again, when I look at it from the outside, the difficulty that I have is, and, and one of the things I've said on previous podcasts when we, when we when we've alluded to containers, is that we. Um, I think that if containers continue to grow, like it's one thing to use them for you know, tests and dev, mm -hmm. but if they're going to move into production and yeah. we're going to have persistent storage and you know, we're going to use this for real stuff that matters and we need to back it up, I'm worried that, so, so, so to, to back up, yeah. when, when we VMize the world, <laughs> yes. virtualize, when we virtualize the world, exactly. 
there was, uh, there was a massive disruption in the backup space because we sort of broke this assumption that every server had its own I.O. and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? But, but it was relatively easily resolved. Here, what we break is, there's not even a relationship between a given app and associated storage that I can necessarily see, right? So that's the, that's the big thing that I'm, how, and, and, and we can't, there's, no, there's nowhere to load an agent, no. right? I, I, I've, been, I've been told you could, you could sort of put it in and say, hey, you have to include this in all your containers. But that's that's considered sort of bad form, right? Bad form. So there are, I mean, <clears throat> to get into that, I mean, there's there's some open source projects that address it. There's a couple of small startups out there that I've noticed that are starting to look at it, mm -hmm. and it, it's done in a different way, like from the Kubernetes standpoint, because it you don't want to put an agent in a container, right? But you, you still have these manifests. Basically, you have like a YAML file, and it mm -hmm. comes in many forms. Right. Um, and everyone loves watching me edit. I do demos. I edit YAML. <laughs> it, everyone is riveted at my CLI demos. Nice. But um, in that, it has all the details you need. So like, if you have an agent, or if you have a piece of software that can talk to, to Kubernetes and read that YAML, right. go, OK, I have this. This is the state of the app like here's you know what it should how it should run right and here is the per, it, oh and this one also has persistent data that happens to be sitting on some external storage device right how do I take all of that and put it somewhere and um, that but, that's really the that's really the challenge and I, there's a few I know that are trying to address it I just haven't yeah. seen it show up in the enterprise yet yeah yeah <laughs> we're uh, we're we're waiting I'm waiting for it um, yeah I'm waiting for it to come it, um, because that's, as I see it, another challenge that, that makes this problematic to, you know, companies that are trying to solve this problem. And that is, it, it's hard to nail down what this is we're talking about. Are we talking about Docker and Kubernetes? That's one conversation. Yeah. Are we talking about who knows what else, right? Yeah. Um, and can, can we, like you, you talk about these open source projects. So let's say there's an open source project that gets off the ground enough to, yeah to be one of the solutions to this and problem. one of those, in just a name, I mean, if we're going to, you know, yeah, is, sure. uh, you know, Heptio is a company. Yep. They had, a, it was called Arc. Right. And yeah, it, I know about it, that one. Yeah, and um, then VMware bought it, yeah. and they renamed it to Valero. Oh, did they? Yes. So, um, it's called Project Valero, and it, it, do, it, it at least bills itself as doing all of this that we're talking about. And so, it's very interesting, coming from enterprise, you know, and I actually, you know, you saw me pulling out my phone because I wanted to find this article. I just assumed that you'd found me boring already. No. And you were <laughs> it's moving uh, on. Datadog, so there was just a, a report out the other day. Datadog did a survey at the beginning of December of all their customers. 45% mm -hmm. are running Kubernetes in some way. So whether it's broad oh. or dev. Okay. 45% of organizations that are Datadog customers. Okay. So that's pretty good data. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not that's not 80% or, uh, or anything. Datadog. Yes. And yeah. I have, it says Yo Dog <laughs> on my t-shirt, so. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that's a, that what we see here is is there's a lot of people pushing into this for whatever reason. Right, right. And so I get the question. Yeah. How do, especially from our old storage friends, like storage yeah. admins. Yeah, yeah. Well, how does this back up? Because when we lose it all, or the, the some drive fails and all the data's gone, like how do we restore it? <laughs> and, and you guys have snapshot capabilities and yes. things like that. So is that I don't care. We Go do ahead. snapshots. Right. 
I don't count. I don't count. Usually, when you say backups, I don't include snapshots in that. At, but at, unless they're replicated to some other location, yes. so we do. I'm, have, I'm glad, and, I'm glad we, you're with me there. Yeah, yeah. we have. Um, we do have some solutions around that. Right. Um, but just within Pure, like there's some cool third-party integrations to be able to index and do stuff like that. But what we can do, mm -hmm. we can take that snap of the container storage, mm -hmm. and then use a product called Cloud Snap that will actually offload it to. S3 and Amazon. Right, right. So then you have these snapshots sitting out there, and then if somebody burns down your data center and your pure array is gone, you could actually spin up our product called the Cloud Block Store. Right. That is the software-only cloud. It's basically, it's a pure flash array running in AWS. Right. And then you can reinflate those snapshots into there, and then with Kubernetes, just reattach them. Right. Um, but there's no there's no saying like what's the state of that app at that, that point in time. That's that's <laughs> the thing because that's sort of what we've figured out in the the, the rest of the world, right? Mm -hmm. So we've if if it's a you know if it's a Windows box we have VSS, right? Yes. If, it, if it's if it's a database app we typically run an agent. We want to talk to that. We want, we want application consistency. Yeah, exactly. These are all the pieces where, like, it's one thing to back up a volume, mm -hmm. right? That just happens to be a file system that's storing unstructured data. It's another one if, if we have a database, yep. right? So one of the things I was told is, well, if it's a database, it should be accessible via some other way. Like, if it's a data, if if you have a bunch of containers that are connected to a database. Yeah. That database is probably running on a VM. Possibly. Right. What I'm hearing more and more is yeah. like, how do I move that database from a VM into a container? You want to move that database into a container. Because they want uh, to be And then I want to go, why? I just, yeah. <laughs> what, why so do you want to do that? They're looking at ways to scale it. They want to, um, somebody may be convinced that that's how they get out of paying VMware licensing. Well, um, well there's that. Possible. Wait, uh, VMware's not free? That's not free. <laughs> the um, which is, you know, leads you to the, for me at least, the validation in the last few months was VMware with their Project Pacific saying, we're doing this. And it was definitely a move for them to stay relevant. Right. And for them to, to keep those customers right. um, from moving away. But um, it really did a lot, at least at Pure, to show, because I would say... 80% of our customers were That's not an official market, you know, don't tell the market or anything. Yeah, term. Yeah. That's John's unofficial survey, but most of our customers run some sort of VMware, right? And so we're very close with them. And so seeing that, like, at least lit the light bulbs of everybody that was kind of still wondering, like, whether containers was going to take off. Yeah. You know, seeing that Pat Gelsinger is dumping millions of dollars into it. Right. I think uh, yeah, it's a big made deal. my, helped me make my case. Right, right, <laughs> That exactly. it's going to be a big thing. Um, I, yeah. And a, and a completely other random thing. Just, you know, do you think it's possible that in this entire room that we sat next to the loudest uh, group, do you think that's possible? <laughs> of course, of course. Well, they have red wine, too, so I mean. Oh, they, they have red wine. That is just not I fair. I think so, yeah, and they did not share. It's like sitting, it's like sitting next to you with the pizza today. It's yeah. just a rough data for me. Yeah. So let's say I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm using containers and I am starting to or have already moved them into production somehow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are like the first things I should be looking at? Like what, you know, what's, what are sort of the first steps that I should be doing if I'm concerned about persistent storage uh, challenges? Um, de well, definitely look at the options that you have from the, from whatever persistent storage, you know, this vendor agnostic, yeah. whatever your whatever your persistence layer is, yeah. whether it's pure storage or some right. one of the software defined companies, 
what options do they have of, of giving you restore points, whether it's snapshots, right, whether right. it's dumps to S3, mm -hmm. whatever it's going to be. I think that's that's the number like right now that's your most viable workable option. Yeah. And yeah. until we see more and more of these, you know, of backup vendors yeah. giving us some way to quiesce and give you a, a, a solid application application consistent SQL database. Right. Right. Um, which is going to be needed. Like, I mean, I don't know if how much you've seen. Uh, Microsoft, their you know, SQL Server on Linux is a big is a big deal for them, mm -hmm. and I never could have imagined when I was helping deploy SQL servers in two thousand seven, yeah, that they would be running on, on Linux on someday. Linux. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, and so like big data cluster was a, was GA I think at it at Microsoft Ignite mm -hmm. a month or so ago. Right, and that's Kubernetes. That's Hadoop, has like Hadoop connectors to it. Uh -huh. Like all the things that would you would think ten years ago would be so anti Microsoft. Right, it's there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also going to drag along a lot of DBAs. A lot of your like traditional SQL DBAs are going to be like, okay, I want to put this in a container now. Right, how do I back it up? Right. right? They can still use the same like SQL job, SQL agent jobs to do like you know, SQL dumps, right? But then how do you get that off to something else, right? So there's a lot of things to think about. And then also like you know you talked about like if you're if you're having to script this in some way, mm -hmm. like this idea of, of looking at the YAML files that you have, and I'm assuming there's a best practice that they should all be stored in a central location or something. Yes, so you that you can know where to go to look for the YAML files. Yeah, Git repos are great for that. Right. <laughs> for yeah, those Git things. repos. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so don't post your you know all your Git stuff on GitHub right. for everyone in the world to see. But right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> best practice definitely keep those. I do, and I have so many of them now just from demos and help you know POCing for right. customer and stuff like that. Like. Got to keep them in a safe place. Yeah, My laptops not, not it, great for that. But the, the difficulty, as we've already discussed, is let's say I look out there and what I see is I see these attached volumes, right? And I see, a, let's say, a, a database service that I'm connecting to. Um, what I don't know is I'm going to back up that volume. The database, I, I think I can figure out how to handle that, right? Mm -hmm. I, I would just I would set up a way to connect to that database as a DBA type app, like a SQL dump. A type. and I would do a SQL dump. Right, yeah. so, something like that. Arm, you know, um, yeah, um, but the the but and you could somewhat argue that if it's just a sort of a unstructured data volume, you could just take the snapshot and not worry about mm -hmm. it, and that and that ninety nine percent of the time it'll be fine. Yeah. Right. It's a little bit like um, you know you you've done hardcore Unix. I'm assuming. Right, enough to be confused. Sometimes, okay, but yes. you know there, there's you know there was the man page uh, for dump. Yeah, and and the first thing it said was to unmount the volume that were that you were dumping, and no one did that. No. Right, <laughs> so this is sort of this is sort of like that. Mm -hmm. Right, so if we do uh, if we find all the volumes and sort of do a unique sort on, and we, get, we say okay, we need to back up these volumes. Yeah, and if we've sort of verified through similar stuff that those volumes are not. They're unstructured data volumes, so we don't necessarily have to worry about application consistency. Um, we could maybe back that stuff up outside, but this is still a very scripty, yes, very scripty thing, which makes a lot of enterprise backup teams nervous. I would guess. Right. I would then say, well, hey, you have enough smart people to do your own internal development. You can figure out a couple of couple of shell scripts. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Or 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 even something like. 
we have great Ansible integration. Yeah. Um, so Ansible, all the stuff we talked about, like that at least gives you a prescriptive way to do it. It's not just a shell script. Right, right. Um, even though it's more YAML. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, and Can't be afraid of YAML. No, you really can't in this world now, um, even though it gets made fun of a lot. Yeah. But it, it's uh, so many things run in that. So you know what I'm afraid of? Yeah. It's JSON. I look at that and it is complete gibberish. To me, it's like, have you ever heard of the obfuscated code contest? No. So now you have. Okay. There is there is an annual contest. It's called the obfuscated code. And basically the, the, the purpose is to write completely unreadable code that does some inane thing, right? So and that, the winner- Did JSON win that one year? Well, that's what I'm wondering is, <laughs> <laughs> was JSON just, just uh, you know, some you know, it's it's. But you can't talk bad about it. There's some people who really, they really love, love JSON, it. and they think it's like, amazing. A lot of our REST. So we have a REST API built into our product. Yeah. And like the response. So I was playing with it one day, and I'm getting, I'm querying it. It pulls back all this, this um, data. Yeah. And it's in JSON. And I'm yeah. Like, what am I gonna do with this? What am I gonna do with it? So, so the know, first thing I'm doing is a Python I'm, later. It's something readable. I'm, Goog <laughs> I'm googling JSON to CSV, right? Yeah. <laughs> JSON to something I can there, read. There's a nice, there's a, some web, there is a JSON to YAML website where you just, you copy and paste it in and it really? converts it. Yes. Interesting. Now, I don't know if the guy's like scraping it all to see what you're doing, but yeah, it, it works. Yeah. Anyway. I wouldn't well, put any top secret information. I would, well, I think that's a pretty good, I think that's a pretty good, uh, <laughs> well, it's like, the, it's like those websites where it's like, give us your password and we'll tell you if it's been hacked or whatever. It's like, it just seems... Like we'll tell you if your password is a good password. Yeah. Why would I? Why would I give you my password? Like random website guy, yeah. I'm gonna give you my password. I will check against and, all the dark web to see if yeah. it's being used anywhere. And you and you have my IP address and probably my username. Yes. You know. Um, yes. Yeah. I don't know. And you have all that right. tracking chip on your lanyard for reinvent. So yeah. I don't, I, right I don't even. I don't even know what to think about that. <laughs> but. Uh, well, listen, John, it's been good. No, it's been uh, fun, yeah. It's been fun, and uh, I, you know, I'm glad we, we called an audible. Thanks for finding the, you found us this wonderful space. Yes. Sir. Which, as noisy as it's, it does, for those of you listening at home, this is way better than where we were, and way, way better than the other place we were. So yes. this is the quiet area. Yes, Although this is now, the quiet room. Now that we're finishing, yes. now these people are quiet. Yes. <laughs> the, wine, the wine has taken effect. Yes, it's nap time. <laughs> this is nap time. All right, well, listen, uh, uh, Persona will be back, I swear. I, I didn't fire him. He's just, he's just lost in Las Vegas. Uh-oh. And uh, uh, so thanks for listening, and make sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all. Instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth the space.
fun Hoping that just for once it'll be completely done Maybe one day